Welcome market participants to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. Next up on the calendar is Jackson Hole, which means that we have central bankers busting out their denim and cowboy hats as they engage in a bit of do-si-do with markets. Who can resist? This week our three things are, one, global economic divergence. Exposure to China and Russia continue to play a role. Two, Macy's earnings. The retailing bellwether had a lot to say about the U.S. consumer. And three, credit risk and reward. By one measure, it hasn't looked this good in a long time. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. Global economic divergence. The economic impact of the pandemic was remarkably synchronous. Economic shock, followed by massive stimulus, followed by decades-high inflation, followed by central bank tightening. But the correction back to normal is differentiated. Growth in the U.S. is proving to be more robust than that of the Eurozone, which speaks in part to the ongoing impact on the latter of the Russian-Ukrainian war and the continent's export reliance on a slowing China. At the beginning of the year, the Eurozone was forecast to contract by 0.1% in 2023. That has improved, with the consensus forecast now swinging back to growth, but only by an anemic 0.6%. In contrast, the U.S. has fared much better. Over the course of 2023, growth expectations have risen to a quite respectable above-trend 2% on the strength of a more durable-than-expected consumer. All this is borne out in Citi's economic surprise indices, where a positive reading means data releases have been stronger than expected. For the Eurozone, its index has been deeply negative since the end of May, while the U.S. index has been solidly positive, better than expected, for much of 2023. As for China, its economic reset is proving to be more difficult than expected. The transition from debt-fueled real estate development and entrepreneurial technology to ideally more of a consumer-driven economy is proving to be challenging. Like the Eurozone, its city economic surprise index has been decidedly negative this year, and its growth forecast for 2023 and 2024 has fallen from an estimated 5.7% this year to 5.2%, and from a forecast 5% in 2024 to 4.6%. So how should credit investors think about this economic divergence? One perspective is that U.S. credit figures to be a safer haven over the near term. The U.S. is less exposed to the effects from the Russian war, especially with regard to energy. It is less exposed to China. Paul Krugman, writing for the New York Times, says the U.S. exposure to China is surprisingly small, a smattering of direct exposure, and, as a trading partner, they buy less than 1% of our GDP. And in financial markets, China is a relatively small player. Also, to the plus, they are exporting deflation, something the Fed is happy to see. Still, we don't lose sight of how important one of the world's two principal growth engines is to investor sentiment. China's slowdown in 2015 and 16 led to a significant sell-off in U.S. risk assets. Trade war with the U.S. led to another sell-off in 2019. Its economic vibrancy fuels demand for German manufacturing and emerging market commodities. And earnings outside the U.S., we would remind you, account for one-third of S&P 500 profits. So China matters. To sum up, the U.S. is well-positioned to ride out this economic slowdown relative to its geographic peers. 
However, even though the direct impact of mounting issues around the world is relatively low, rising geopolitical risk has been one of the key risks we've identified as we move forward. And in particular, risks coming out of China are likely to weigh on investor sentiment until we have a better sense that its economic transition is smoothing out. All right, on to our second thing, Macy's. Sometimes for those of us normally peering down from 30,000 feet, clarity sharpens the closer you get to the ground. When it comes to the U.S. consumer, Macy's Q2 results and management commentary was noteworthy. For those that are espousing the soft or no landing narrative, those that believe the long and variable lags have shortened or have yet to materially appear, you owe it to yourself to have a listen to Macy's earnings call. Macro challenges and headwinds to the U.S. consumer was the dominant theme running through the call. The tone of the call did not feel like we're in a 3.5% unemployment environment. It did not feel like we're in an above-trend growth environment. It didn't feel like a call where adjusted EPS handily beat the estimate and where full-year sales and earnings guidance was reiterated. Macy's stock sold off 14% on the day and is now down 66% from its pandemic-era high reached back in the fourth quarter of 2021. Its 4.5% bonds of 2034 have dipped below $70 price. It's an OAS of 447 basis points, wide of the high-yield index at 382 basis points. Macy's, the largest U.S. department store chain, is a true retailing bellwether. It reaches a full spectrum of shoppers from value-oriented buyers a reminder that half of Macy's Banner customers have household income of less than $75,000, all the way up to the more affluent via Bloomingdale's. The business is getting hit three ways, one secular and two cyclical. The secular change is consumers are allocating more disposable income to experiences and services and away from goods. The cyclical hits, which counters the no-landing narrative, is fast-rising delinquencies on the company's issued credit cards and a redirect of customer discretionary spend into food and essentials. From an economic growth perspective, we're more interested in the cyclical headwinds. There, the company has been warning about inflation's impact on its customer for some time now. Management is bracing for new pressures on the consumer, namely the expiration of student loan forgiveness, higher interest rate levels, and lower new job creation. Management is concerned that consumer debt in a higher rate environment creates, quote, real challenges, unquote. And all of that has caused credit card delinquencies to increase faster than expected. Macy's is working with its bank partner, Citibank, to adjust underwriting strategies. A Macy's slash Citi tightening its credit box is hardly novel at this stage of the cycle, but it is telling in terms of economic slowdown. It's happening. All right, on to our third thing, getting compensated for the risk. One of the dominant investing themes that comes out of the Fed's fastest hiking cycle in 40 years is the relative value of fixed income, especially investment grade. Nothing like Treasury bill yields greater than the earnings yield in the S&P 500 or the 10-year at its highest yield since the GFC to grab your attention. Another way to think about this from the credit market's perspective is yield per turn of leverage. That has picked up considerably from pandemic-era lows through one times, back up towards two times now for investment grade and around two times for high yield. Both are at or near levels that were reached back in the euro crisis. Now, we might be concerned if the credit spread variable was flashing red 
as it was back in the euro crisis, but obviously that's not the case today. What has driven the multiple higher, obviously, is the risk-free rate. And even though leverage has moved steadily higher over the past decade, we see fundamental risk over the near term to be manageable, even in an economic slowdown. Put another way, risk and reward in credit today, especially investment grade, is much more in sync than it has been for some time now. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, global economic divergence. The U.S. is better insulated than Europe. Two, Macy's earnings. A canary in the coal mine regarding the U.S. consumer's ability to spend. And three, credit risk and reward. Investment grade hasn't looked this good in quite some time. As always, thanks for joining. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our ratings reports and our latest research. Summer's last hurrah is here. We'll take next week off and see you back in a couple of weeks. Hello, listeners. Join me, Van Hesser, KBRA's chief strategist for in-depth conversations with credit experts in my new monthly podcast, Leading Voices in Credit, where I'll interview market professionals on the latest trends in credit markets. That's Leading Voices in Credit with Van Hesser. Subscribe now.